You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations. All while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. This is Fearless Business, and this is Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's episode 15 of the Fearless Business Podcast, and I am tremendously excited to welcome my guest today. It is John Buchan. John is the leader of an 11,000-strong community dedicated to the charm offensive approach. His approach has led to the booking booking of meetings with the likes of Red Bull, Pepsi, Hewlett-Packard, Symantec, and countless other global brands and corporations. And John now helps ambitious founders and sales teams stand out book sales opportunities with their ideal clients and build their influence online. So welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, John. Thank you for having me. I uh, really appreciate uh, your time as well. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure. Hopefully you won't regret it. <laughs> right. Let, let's dive into this. So for those um, those of our listeners out there who maybe don't know who John Buchan is, uh, who is John um, I am, uh, as you say, I run a, a group called Charm Offensive, and it's uh, all started when I ran my own digital marketing agency with my brother Gary. I uh, used to work for digital marketing agencies in London, started my own. Uh, in my arrogance, uh, thought it would be easy, and for the first year it was, but then all of our word of mouth leads dried up. Uh, I had we had staff to pay. We had payroll to meet. So this was very stressful. And I dealt with this the only way I knew how at the time. I got blind drunk and for some reason decided to send the most absurd cold email uh, I possibly could. Well, write the absurd cold email. And then in the morning, I was still tipsy enough to think it was a wise idea to send this email to some of the most senior decision makers at some of the world's largest brands. And to my astonishment, it worked. <laughs> I woke up to uh, you know, I got loads of emails in my inbox, you know, gushing praise. I never respond to cold emails. Uh, this is the first one in 19 years I've replied to uh, and, and, and requests for sales meetings. And my favorite, actually, my favorite response uh, wasn't the most gushing one. It simply read, my colleague forwarded me your spam email and we would like to meet you to discuss opportunities. And I just thought that was <laughs> the most oxymoronic uh, thing I've heard. And every time I sent this email, uh, to a list of marketing directors or whoever it was, I would get the same reaction. I would get loads of gushing responses and loads of sales and sales calls and meetings booked into my calendar. And then later on, I discovered you could use this for any purpose. So we won our first gargantuan-sized client in Symantec, and we had to get them PR coverage. Uh, for some reason, their internal team were not able to do this. We'd created some great content. And then I just went into the office on a Saturday because I desperately needed coverage. If we didn't get them results, they would have got rid of us very quickly. We were a small agency trying to prove ourselves. I sent an email to the uh, deputy editor of VentureBeat, a huge technology publication where they wanted coverage, and we got their infographic covered. And then loads of other sites covered it as well because we'd got on that, that, that big publication to cover it. And I discovered I could just use this for any purpose. Obviously, the, most, the, the reason most people use it is to book sales calls, but you can get journalists to reply to you, get people to events, get as many job interviews in a new sector uh, as you want and uh, this was my magic trick if you search for found the ferret hashtag found the ferret on twitter you'll see my letters uh, when i started sending letters people used to put these on twitter at the time 
this stressed me out because it was this was my business magic trick and a very profitable one at that. Uh, now it's obviously very useful to me because I can point people to this and, and, and prove it works. So I finally decided to tell the world about this. I In March 2017, I got myself out of a bad personal circumstance. And with that momentum, I decided, you know what, I should really tell the world about this because this could be useful to a lot of people. And I started the Charm Offensive Facebook group. And 30 days later, we had a thousand people in there and my message resonated. It turns out that lots of people don't want to write in this formal, staid sort of business style. Uh, they want to write like humans and they, uh, you know, humor is, it turns out humor is an incredible power, incredibly powerful way of getting people's attention and getting to hit reply and say nice things rather than <laughs> nasty things. And, uh, that's my story up until now. It's my whole business now is charm offensive, the Facebook group, my email list. I've got a subscription. I won't go into a pitch now, but it's my entire business. And it's, it's, it all built around that one desperate drunk email, uh, <laughs> where I was accidentally very clever what a what a great story and it, it kind of the thing that was kind of popping to in front and center of my mind was like those those dodgy texts that I've sent people when I've been drunk uh and it, <laughs> but you, you had the the challenges I always hit send I didn't wait until the next morning so that's probably quite a sensible thing to do but um uh, I'm not going to ask you I'm not going to ask you to kind of give the game away but obviously there's a couple of like hidden gems in those in the email sort of framework which which you use so yeah. can you kind of explain a little bit of kind of the humor and why why it is so effective sure so we're taught if you search on google for best cold email template or any other type of template copy template it's usually super short super functional and everyone's sending emails like this and i'm not i don't doubt that these emails work by the way you know that they must be if this is being propagated but if everyone is sending the same thing no one is standing out so when i came to write my cold email uh I knew what people were sending because I, as a digital marketer, I would get cold emails offering me digital marketing. So I knew what everyone else was sending. And I, in my mind, I thought, I've got to send the polar opposite to this to, to stand out. And this, you know, a lot of emails, they'll start with things like, Dear Joe, do you have trouble navigating the ever-changing world of social media? And I have to say it in that infomercial voice because it's, you know, nobody really <laughs> speaks like this. Mine instead started with, greetings, Joe. You've never heard of me. Hi, I'm John. I got your details from a list. Gasp. But hey, at least you're list worthy. That's got to be worth something, right? So instead of starting with this load of infomercial tone that doesn't sound like anyone, I've started with the most honest thing I can possibly say, which is, you know, we don't know each other. I got your details from a list. And as marketers, because I was sending it to marketing directors, they knew what that meant because they were getting loads of other cold emails. And then I complimented them on this fact. So in the first line, I've said something that most people would completely shy away from, and that is very disarming. You know, if you're saying the most honest thing you can, it lowers those sales alarm bells because you've been more honest than is normal. Uh, that That's a really big part of it. And then other parts of it, um, you know, I could go through the entire email, but it's basically you're just winning their attention continuously with humor, and that makes your pitch more palatable. That's a big part of it. Um, I could go through the email. You know, I could read out the email if you would like the original. Uh, no, it's okay. I, I think what we'll do is we'll um, we'll give people the opportunity to kind of um, uh, kind of get in touch with you in order to grab grab hold of that. Um, oh, cool. And one of the one of the lovely things is because obviously I'm, I've got the um, the magic email uh, template um, myself, and I've I've tried it and it works. And I I received awesome. an email from a guy called um, if I, hopefully I'm allowed to. It's my podcast. I can do whatever I like. But um, so his name's um, Mehmet Niazi. He so he's he's um, one of your clients. And I got the email and I was like, that, 
that's straight out of the John Buchan playbook. And but straight away, I was engaged. I had a chat with Mem. Uh, we've done some work together, and it was fantastic. It's like an incredibly powerful framework. The thing which I really like about it, John, is the fact that it's just relatable. I think people are trying way too hard in business, um, but actually. Most of the small business owners out there, you know, this sort of cultured coaches, consultants, freelancers um, who are out there setting up their their consultancies and practices um, haven't really learned about how to do business. And so they kind of they're a bit afraid of showing up in jeans and T-shirts and being themselves. Um, and so what kind of piece of advice would you give somebody? Because obviously you kind of broke the mold with your approach and are still doing that. Oh. What's, what, what tip or what advice would you give to somebody who is maybe starting out in business, looking to set up a consultancy or practice and um, yeah. wants to get, you know, wants to get known? Well, I would say the first thing is for these people that they may be worried um, about sending something with a bit of levity and they think that they've got to, push their shoulders up and, you know, put this sort of pretend confidence on and pretend that the prospect is almost uh, lucky to get their cold email. Uh, whereas it's the other way around. You should be meek and direct. And the, a, a big thing that I think a misconception that people have is, especially when contacting bigger businesses perhaps or influential people, that they want to be put on a pedestal and they will be talked down to or mocked if they send something human. And that is not true. You know, I worked in the London agent, you know, when I moved to London, I worked at many London agencies and they're very, with very senior people at very big brands. These are just people, uh, you know, there'll be a very, very small percentage of people that want to be put on a pedestal. And I would, I would say as well, even with those, you probably don't want to work with someone like that. Most people are good people and they like a human approach where you yourself, where instead of you trying to pretend to be this uh, super confident authority figure, you don't need to do that. And honesty and ambition and the, the, the right tone and humor, it, you, you can make the really good first impression with that. And don't people should not worry about uh, contacting senior people or important people. They, they are just people too. Uh, not all of them will, will reply, but enough of them will if you do it in the right style and you're personable and honest and um, you know, not trying to be something that you're not. Do you think there's a, a, a slight danger, and you kind of touched upon it right at the start uh, of, of answering this question, but do you, do you think there's a danger that sometimes there might be a bit of a negative backlash? And if that happens, again, what, sort of, what would you tell a, a, a small business owner to do? Well, that is, that is a danger with any kind of outbound cold outreach, whether it's cold calling or cold emailing or on LinkedIn, wherever it is. If you're cold pitching someone, you are interrupting their day. So any negative responses, I've always said that's fair game, but you should disregard them. Unless you're only getting loads of negative responses, you're not getting any positive, then you might say something wrong. There might be something wrong with your email. But you're always going to get a few negative replies with any kind of cold pitching, and it's kind of deserved. I would say that if you actually make an effort and be honest and funny and, and personable, you're actually going to get less negative replies than if you go with the formal approach. So what I would say is when you start sending emails of this type, you'll get enough positive replies that when you do get a few negative ones, you'll realize that actually that's the trade-off. You know, not everyone is going to like this. And also there's a, there's a benefit to this. I would say as well as obviously the gushing replies and sales calls, that's got to be the main selling point of, of, of writing this way. It also disqualifies people you're, don't share a sense of humor with. So all of those people that reply with something like, you should be more professional without a hint of parody, thank them for revealing themselves. You never have to work with those people. Do you think someone that replies with that is going to pay your invoice on time or is going to be a pleasure to work with? Obviously, I'm making some judgments here, but it's probably best that you don't work with people that 
would reply to like you know negatively to a funny personable email so as well as qualifying and working with people that you share a sense of humor with it disqualifies the people that uh, you know maybe are a bit sterner uh, you don't have to work with those people. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those people, but maybe it's not a match. So don't worry about the negative replies. Unless you're only getting negative replies, it, 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 that's going to happen with any outbound uh, sales outreach. So don't worry about them, uh, and you'll be having enough positive replies that you know that it will be worth I, it. I totally agree. And actually, I, one of my philosophies around marketing is that um, as much as it is about attracting the right sorts of clients into your business, it is equally um, as important to repel the wrong sorts of um, clients into your business, uh, away from your Definitely. business, sorry. And so like I totally, you know, that qualification process is is um, is absolutely vital. Um, and, and in terms of um, uh, sort of what happens when when somebody does reply? Because obviously, you know, you made that initial approach. Then, what what would you say would be the next steps once somebody's replied with a, a positive reply? Yeah, well, it depends what they reply with. Sometimes they'll immediately ask for a call, and then you just, you know, excellent, thank you very much for your kind words. When are you free? Uh, let's let's get something in. Uh, you know, it's really the next step is to try and get them on a call uh, or a meeting if they're close by or you can travel to them or they're they're up for that. Um, and don't think that you have to continue this trying to be funny thing all the time. People know this is an opening gambit and it would be infuriating if you tried to be the, you know, this funny, constantly funny person all the time. The next step is get them on a call if they've replied positively and, uh, show your enthusiasm and passion and knowledge. That is the next stage. You, you want to get them on a call and then see if you can help them and demonstrate that you really want this. You've got enthusiasm. You've got knowledge. That is the next step. Cool. So you, uh, don't think you've got to keep up with this comedian. So you, you've kind of you've got you're on the same level, and then it's like cool. Let's let's get down to business. And I, yeah, let's get on, let's get on, let's have a conversation on the you know let's try and get on a call. Um, you know, some of the, some people will reply positively and they'll say, oh, I'd love to talk to you, but I've got no budget at the moment. With those people. You can say, can I contact you in three months, six months? But the people that are interested and say, you know, a lot of them will say, yeah, I'll be up for a call. The next step is, yeah, get them onto a call. Uh, you know, don't go into hard sell mode, you know, just have a conversation, see if you can help them. A lot of stuff in business, people sort of consider uh, the, the sales process as something removed from, you know, normal conversations with people. It's just a conversation with someone, see if you can help them. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll get a deal. Um, it, it's just about being personal. Another great advantage of this style of email, by the way, is people will reply in an informal tone. They won't reply in their corporate jargon tone. They'll reply to you almost like a friend. Many of them will try and outdo your humor as well. So you're already speaking like in an informal tone. That is a huge advantage. Just continue that momentum. And I, I think one of the, I mean, obviously this is called the Fearless Business Podcast. So one of the greatest fears, I think, when people implement something which is slightly outside their comfort zone is that that fear of rejection. And um, I, I remember reading a story about, um, uh, it was, there's a, uh, a f fairly famous rapper called Pitbull. I don't know if you've heard of him, John. Do you follow rapping, rap music? Uh, not for a while. I, I, I do like my hip hop, but I can't say that I've heard of this. Yeah. So, so Pitbull, basically, he's a so he's quite a famous rapper. But basically, one of the things that he does is he takes samples from other people's music and use it, uses it in his own, which obviously, as we know, uh, is going to have some potential issues around copyright. Um, and so, um, but what happened was somebody tried to sue him for a million dollars, and he went and had a chat with his um his mentor who i think was 50 cent or somebody like that and basically their response was well you've made it 
because obviously somebody's yeah. noticed you and is worried enough about what you're getting up to to put a million dollar lawsuit on your head. So again, <laughs> I think that kind of um, in terms of that qualification process, like this is a great way to get noticed. Oh, yeah. Well, especially if, um, you know, if you're offering marketing services or whatever the services you're offering, if, if, if a lot of other people are offering similar uh, and you might have parts of your service which are innovative or distinct or unique in some way, if it is somewhat of a commodity, they can get this from a lot of people. This is a great way of standing out. If you can't stand out massively because you've got, you know, uh, you haven't got some uh, breakthrough technology that really separates you from the pack, your marketing and how you talk about yourself and how you approach people, that is a great way of differentiating yourself. And uh, yeah, that, that definitely worked for us and, and, and for lots of other people. And, and in terms of kind of um, one of the things which I, re- I think really differentiates the charm offensive approach to any other approach is the, the kind of really, um, I suppose, the, the depth of personalization. So like, for example, one of the things which, which Mem does is he, he does a little video, which, is, which was personalized specifically for me. Um, and, nice. I, and I think that little touch alone, just, um, you know, taking, you know, and it, it, it's not long. It was only like 30 seconds or 60 seconds, but it was like, hey, Robin, like, it's really great. You know, we haven't met yet, but I've just had a quick look at this, that and the other. And here's a couple of things I think you should do. Let's have a chat. And it was just a, a super, super personal approach, which I've never sort of, nobody's approached me with that before. Well, yeah, well, when I initially did the, um, the, the, the original drunk cold email, the only thing I personalized was the first name and it worked very well. But now I tell people adding that extra bit of personalization really does increase response rates. And also you should be, instead of doing the spaghetti against the wall technique, which granted can work with this approach because it sounds personal. If you add in that extra bit of personalization, either with a video or uh, dynamic images with something like Lemlist or similar, it really does make a big difference. Even if it's just the subconscious tick in people's mind of this isn't a mass email, he can't have sent this to thousands of other people because it's clearly there's this bit in it that's just for me. That is, it's definitely really effective. And I, I would say to people that they should be sending less emails with more personalization because then you get to pick who you work with. Granted, not everyone will say yes, but enough will that you'll, you know, you can, you can pick the exact type of clients you want to work with. So I would say, yeah. There's a benefit there and that that personalization definitely massively increases response rates. We, we live in a world where everybody is kind of searching for the um, the sort of silver bullet marketing technique that they can, you know, automate and make money while they sleep. And I actually um, have a theory that kind of marketing is going in completely the opposite direction and everybody is totally oblivious to this. And this is this is what I like about the charm offensive approach because I believe that marketing is actually going not one-to-many, it's going one-to-one. Like, as a, a, you know, if we had an idea of our perfect client in our, in our mind and we could just be sat across the table from them having a beer with them and we know exactly everything about them and our but our approach is literally laser targeted on one specific person i i think that that is where marketing is going to go in the future it's kind of going to go full circle rather than everything being hyper hyper automated yeah with b2b especially because you know the because the account sizes hopefully will be of sufficient size you can spend that extra time doing personalization because you know if you're trying to go for a big project or you know especially a retainer it's worth that extra time and you can uh, do some even 
Uh, you can even go the, an extra mile and send direct mail. Send a handwritten letter if you've got nice handwriting. There are companies that do this for you, by the way, so you've got nice, you know, instead of using your own illegible handwriting like me, you could send a handwritten letter. So that's, you know, going even more of the extra mile. And then with personalized copy, it's going to be very, very hard to, you know, to not respond to that. You know, it's a, it's a really effective technique. So I agree with um, B2B stuff, especially that account-based prospecting, very, very effective. And I agree. Uh, you know that's going to stand out in someone's inbox or their or their offline inbox far more than uh, you know something generic that they've sent to loads and loads of people. Uh, and, and as I've said before, you get to pick the clients you work with. So I fully agree with and, you. There. And like at the end of the day, you, you know we're, we're working with hum- we're not working with businesses here. We're actually working with human beings. And so any any way of yeah. personalizing it for that individual human being is like super super important. And I I send out a lot of my books to to people um and i'll always where i can i'll try and write just a little handwritten note in it um even if it's just a hey you know you know for for john from robin you know hope you enjoy the book just something simple like that because i think again it's that um it just gives people something to kind of resonate with and like even the book itself you know i'd I'd, I'd probably have to pop a copy in the post to you john if you haven't read it already but um that take your shot was was um and this is i've got the question is related to kind of the the copy writing techniques which you actually use in the emails but it was um it's actually told us a story which everybody can relate to like the challenges that every business owner goes through and i think that's one of like the key again another key ingredient in the charm offensive approach is um is this make it relatable like to tap into people's pain points emotions like feelings and give them a reason to to want to get back in touch with you yeah, it's, you're right. I, I tell people, write to people, not professionals. Write to people behind the fancy job title. And uh, that's how you get people's attention. Because people buy from you not only because you've got a service that is relevant to them. And, and, and in charm offensive emails, a lot of the time, the sales bit is probably the smallest part. It's, it's, it, it, people buy from you not just because you've got a solution that they need, but they like you as a person. They think, uh, and, and I've said this many times, is that the, the job of that first cold pitch, whether it's an email, letter, LinkedIn message, whatever it might be, is not to sell them on every feature and benefit uh, and success of your, your offering. It's to sell the idea that a five-minute call or a 10-minute call, a brief call or a meeting is not going to be an awful use of their time. You know, it's, Maybe it's going to be enjoyable. They're going to get something out of it. They're not going to be on the receiving end of a horrible hard sell. Uh, people buy from people. I know that's a cliche. Uh, and especially they buy from people that they have things in common with and that they like. They will give you, if, if you done it, done it, do it in the right tone, uh, people like to help, help ambitious people. Uh, if you use that combination of humor, ambition, and, and, and meekness, uh, it, it's very effective. Uh, you know, people, people find it hard to resist replying positively uh, if, if you've made them smile or made them laugh. Uh, you know, even if it's to tell you that, uh, you know, to send you the most polite rejection letter that you'll ever get, that's better than getting nothing or, or, or a negative response. This kind of approach, you'll get more of those positive rejections and more of those positive oppor- those opportunities as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, and and so obviously this is it's it, this is a cold, one cold approach. Um, what what other things would you kind of recommend that people can do? Uh, other sort of marketing techniques that people could do alongside um, the charm offensive approach in order to raise and build the brand awareness of their business. Well, I would say the charm offensive approach is not not just limited to email. Uh, it can be any medium, really. It could be Facebook ads, uh, content on social media. I'm actually creating a social media storytelling pack at the moment. Uh, anything 
where you're, you know, you've obviously with emails, personalized emails, it's one to one. With social media, obviously that's going to lots of people. You can use these this this same sort of style of copywriting and adding uh, humor and levity uh, in any medium. So you can, I would say, one thing that people should definitely do is get on LinkedIn and start adding your, uh, trying to connect with people that your ideal client, that your are your ideal clients every day. Uh, and build that up and then start posting content on on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and you can do it on other social networks as well. Uh, funny Facebook ads, that's something else I've been working on. Uh, really, the, the, with any medium, you've got to get attention, then you've got to communicate, then you've got to persuade. I think humor is a great way of achieving that first part and uh, in, in, meaning that people will actually see your communication and will actually read your persuasive message. Humor potentiates an already persuasive message. It doesn't. Uh, it won't make people go for an offer that is not relevant or is not uh, not very good. But if you've got something that is relevant to them, humor will 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 potentiate that persuasive message. Um, so really, any any channel that you want to use, LinkedIn is 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 one that I recommend in particular. Uh, but really, it's about where your audience is. Where are your audience? How do you reach them? And then you can use charm offensive principles no matter what the medium. It doesn't matter if it's radio or cave paintings or whatever it might be. Humor is never going to go out of fashion. Love that cave painting's amazing. <laughs> um, I just want to rewind about a minute there. There were there were three or four steps which you went through. You rattled off in about four seconds. Uh, what were they? Uh, this is taken from Dave Trot, and this the, actually this speaks to. Um, uh, he talked. He's a, a, a television advertising guy, uh, very very successful, um, and he talks about the ads that get people's attention. And he said, you need to get their attention, then communicate, then persuade. And he gives an example. It's a very, uh, an example anyone can understand. So if he wanted to get uh, his wife to make him a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, he'll go, Kath. And then he's got to ask, will you make me a cup of tea? But that's not very persuasive. So instead he goes, Kath, that gets attention. Will you make me a cup of tea? If you make me a cup of tea, I'll take the bins out. There's the persuasive message you're in. So you can see how... You know, obviously, that's a sort of uh, a, a, a sort of uh, fun example, but it shows how you've got to get attention. I think using humor is a great way. Then you've got to communicate: is this offer relevant to me? Then you've got to persuade. So, a lot in my in my emails, I'll often sugarcoat, sugarcoat rather, uh, my requests. So, in some of them, I'll say something like, "If you agree to," um, well, in the classic drunky cold email, it said, "If you agree to a meeting with me." about your digital marketing needs. I will take you for coffee or lunch or tequila shots and promise to be somewhat entertaining. If you're lucky, I may even wear a top hat. So you're <laughs> sugarcoating that message. That's the persuasive element. So yeah, attention, uh, communication, persuasion. Cool. I, I think that's absolutely like invaluable, just those three simple steps. And I think, again, people are so ready to like throw marketing shit at prospects that they forget yeah. that actually there is a process that you have to go through. And that's part of the reason why I was like, whoa, slow down. This is absolutely like vital when it comes to a, um, sort of from a marketing perspective. People should definitely take it, check it. Dave Trot, the persuasion sessions uh, on YouTube. It goes through all of this stuff and lots more stuff. A really, really good set of videos. The Persuasion Sessions by Dave Trott, T-R-O-T-T. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll pop a, um, a link to Dave's um, YouTube channel in the um, in the show notes afterwards. And, and if you do go ahead, uh, or, uh, you may already have done it, but if you've got any Facebook ad swipe files there, like I'm all in for that, John. Like you've got a, you've got one customer right here at least. <laughs> yeah, I'm working. I did, uh, I've been doing some, I've got some retargeting ones and I've got some others that I'm working on. So uh, I will keep you posted on that, definitely. Cool. Um, right. But uh, is there, um, what, what's, what's kind of next for John? What's happening next? For me, it's just to keep growing my audience, uh, keep coming up with great products that people want, template packs and trainings, 
and putting them in my Charm Offensive professional subscription. Um, I just want to make it the most valuable uh, subscription for entrepreneurs, whether you're cold pitching or you're building an audience and selling to people. Uh, whatever you're doing, I want to have the best resource for those people. And uh, so for me, I've got really two goals, grow my audience, uh, get them in my Facebook group on my email list, and then get them to become customers, hopefully subscribers, and then get them to stay for as long as possible. So really just grow and then get them in, uh, get more subscribers and make that experience as, as, as valuable and useful as possible. Cool. Awesome. Well, I've got two questions, which are, um, well, three questions coming up, actually, which will kind of sort of bring us to the close of the interview. Uh, so my first one is, um, obviously, you you um, you kind of sent that, that, that fateful email, which set you on a, a specific sort of journey, uh, your entrepreneur's journey, if you like. Um, mm. if, if somebody was out there thinking about maybe starting up a business um, and is, is on that moment of kind of teetering on sending an email or doing something kind of spontaneous, uh, what piece of advice would you give them? Just do it. Um, action. You've got to take action. Take imperfect action every day. Uh, again, I know that is a platitude, but it's true. Um, if you keep, if you keep, you know, send one email a day, even you will start to get results. Granted, it will take you a little longer than if you were sending more, but just start, start doing this stuff. And then when you start seeing results, you know, you start getting responses, then it gets very addictive and you don't need motivation because you've seen the results. So get, the, especially with this stuff, because it's, in, you know, it's almost could, could be instant. You could send an email and get a reply within five minutes. Granted, not everyone will get a result that quick, but just get going with it. Taking perfect action every day. And as, as long as you've got a product where, you know, it's not so niche that you've only got five potential customers in the world. You're never going to run out of people to send emails to. And also, if someone hasn't replied, you can send them another email in a, in a month or two. Uh, and you can send follow-ups as well. So really, taking perfect action every day. And as soon as you start seeing results you'll get addicted to it. Um, I'm a big fan of sort of that imperfect action and prolific beats perfect. And I love what you said there about, I actually had a client the other day who was like, we were talking about the number of calls because um, her business is actually predicated on cold calling. Um, potentially cold email could work as well. But um, And I was like, well, really in order to get the numbers up, you've got to get to 70 calls a day. And she, she was struggling to even do one. So I was like, well, look, if you do one, uh, that's one more than you're doing currently. If you do two, you've just doubled yeah. the amount of action you're, you're taking. So let, let's start with yeah. one and see if we can double it and next you know by the end of the following week she was up to 70 or more every day it was um it's quite phenomenal and sometimes you just need that um little bit of momentum to get over the inertia and start to move things forward yeah yeah the first result is doing the work and then the second is you'll start getting some results and then yeah it get it gets addictive it get addictive from there and you're right it's a good way of framing it. Like, yeah, you've, done, you've doubled your sales activity. You should be proud of that. Absolutely. There's a lot of people not doing it. Let's celebrate that. I think that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to take you on a little journey, John, uh, if it's okay with you. I'm going to just um, pop open the passenger door for my fearless business time machine, and we're going to go back 10 years. So um, we're going to introduce you to John um, Buchan from 10 years ago. Um, if you had one message for him, what would it be? Start an audience now. Uh, I... Um, could have started my group six months earlier. I was thinking about it. Uh, I really wish I'd, I'd have built an audience. I know this isn't related to cold pitching, but um, uh, I would have built an audience long ago. Uh, for something less practical, more sort of mindset related, it, 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 I would say I make, and this is a problem that I continually trying to fix, is making too many assumptions. You know, uh, you know, I'd get a response from a big luxury brand 
for, and then a response from a some manufacturer making some product that is not particularly exciting. And I would assume that the boring one would have no budget and the luxury brand would have loads and it would price accordingly. And these were all assumptions. And I would say don't make so many assumptions. Granted, you've got to have some ability with heuristics, rules of thumb uh, for making judgments. But a lot of the time, a lot of those assumptions I would make uh, they didn't stand up. So try and make sure that you're not – do I know this for sure, that this company has this amount of budget, or is that just something I've sort of imagined in my head? Uh, and, and on top of that, I would say uh, probably there's a lot of platitudes that I ignored just because they were platitudes. Just because something is a platitude doesn't make it in- incorrect. So guard your time. Uh, you know, you don't do calls or meetings that – you, you know, have you know, no, no real. There's no real route to them going anywhere. Guard your time and batch your time and use your time effectively. Guard your time, or it'll run away with you. Uh, that that is something else. Is I would I would manage my time better. Uh, so I'd manage my time better. Uh, I would make less assumptions, and I would have started building an audience far sooner. Wow! Uh, how is that? <laughs> Amazing, super value. That's three for the price of one, there, John. Always, <laughs> always delivering remarkable value. Oh, super! That's that's absolutely amazing. Um, so, cool. you've Thank got you. you've got a um, uh, I don't want to call it a free gift. You've got a, you've got some something which you offer people who are interested to kind of know a little sure. bit more about what you do. So, tell us about that, and then also tell uh, our listeners about how they can get hold of you. Sure. So if you go to charm-offensive.co.uk, that's charm-offensive.co.uk slash free. So that's charm-offensive.co.uk forward slash free. I've got a thing called my little bag of tricks. So you get my magic email cheat sheet, which goes through some of the principles. Uh, There's a B2B sales mini guide and some other stuff in this email sequence you get upon signing up. Loads of good free information. Uh, So the magic email cheat sheet, B2B sales mini guide, and some other stuff that's useful in that that email sequence as well. So if you go to charm-offensive.co.uk forward slash free, you can get that. Also, if you go to the Facebook group, if you search for Charm Offensive, there's a group with uh, a little over 11,000 members in it. Uh, there's daily um, examples of funny advertising and copy, etc., and, and other videos and stuff that I put in there as well. So you can find the Charm Offensive group on Facebook. You can go to our website, which I've mentioned. Also, I'm on LinkedIn. If you search for John Buchan, uh, I will be the one wearing, uh, not wearing, sorry, rescuing a uh, basket of kittens and a baby from a burning building. Uh, that's my profile picture. So if you're not on Facebook, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, so those are the best ways of, of, of finding me. I, I think you should get a jacket made of um, not burning kittens, but made of kittens. I think that, I think that would be, um, uh, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. That can be arranged. <laughs> it's one, one way to attract people into your community. Um, and, and the Facebook group as well is, um, do get yourselves in there, listeners, because um, the Facebook group is brilliant. Um, it's quite entertaining, but also provides an enormous amount of value and do do go and grab the free thing so what we'll also do john is we'll just we'll pop a link to both of those in the um in the show notes after uh, or before before the um the show goes live uh so um i just wanted to say um thank you ever so much john for um, being such a wonderful guest providing tons of value uh on the show thank you very much for your time as well i really appreciate it <laughs>